Welcome to the Wealth Studying Podcast. This is episode 187. Today is May 28th, 2016. I'm your host, John Pagliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, happy Memorial Day to everyone. Today I want to give you a short episode, and it's a bit of a history lesson. We're going to take a break from the stock market. I will say that the markets are performing very well. I did make one change to my landmine strategy, and that's on uh, this past Friday. I did sell my position in Max Lanier. I sent out a notice over at investablewealth.com about that. I'm not going to dwell on that today. Um, I did get a really nice double-digit profit with that in a, in a little less than three weeks. Of all the stocks that I recently purchased, Max Lanier was the most volatile. On a relative basis, it is more thinly traded, and I did notice the volume has been tapering off the past few days, and I didn't want to take any chances with this stock. I sold the position. I wanted to lock in my profits. That's the whole essence of this landmine strategy that I'm using right now. I think from week to week, we're seeing too much sector rotation, and I just didn't want to hold on to a small stock like that that has performed so well just in a few weeks. So I might have sold that too early. We'll see. But that doesn't matter to me because in a market like this, if I can lock in a solid profit, I'll do that every day of the week. But enough of the stock market. I want to go back to some well-steading basics. And on a high level, what I want to talk about is success and happiness. And I want to do that by maybe illustrating a point here. You know, people are always opining for the, for the good old days. And it doesn't matter whether they're on the left or, the, or whether they're on the right. Whenever their particular brand of ideology is out of power, then they're always wishing for something that was in the past, the golden era. Well, I don't think there ever was a golden era, but you know what I mean. Let's let's listen to my favorite country western singer, Merle Haggard, how he puts that disillusionment uh, into poetry. Let's listen to Merle. I wish a buck was still silver. It was back when the country was wrong. Back before Elvis and before Vietnam War came along Before the Beatles and yesterday When a man could still work and still would so The best of the free life is now and are the good times really over for good so there it is you hear it all the time the good times are over well i don't think they ever were so good you know we're in the middle of a presidential election here in the united states and so more so than normal i think we're getting more political polarization and more people complaining and fighting over things that really don't matter and i just have to laugh when i hear these political slogans Let's make America great again. Hope and change. One candidate is constantly changing their slogan. I think the latest one the campaign is churning out now is that we're stronger together. They all make me laugh. I'm not picking on any sides here. I'm really just using this t to illustrate a point. And the one point I want to make is that one of the particular candidates is using the slogan, which I believe was used by Ronald Reagan in 1980, let's make America great again. And being the cynic I am, I have to ask, was America ever great? Now, I'm not an American hater, but I am a realist. And what history has taught me is that you can always find something to complain about. 
and that you can always find bad things about a particular society or a particular system. For today's history lesson, I'm just going to take you back to when I was a little kid. And I can remember in the early 1970s, there was no shortage of problems. We had a Vietnam War going on that was demoralizing and fracturing our country, not to mention blowing up and killing and tearing apart our young men. We had an economy that was in the tank. Our steel mills and our jobs were all being lost because of cheap imports and higher quality from Japan. Our deficits were skyrocketing and consequently we had to move off the gold standard and our currency plummeted. The president had to resign because he was a paranoid psychopath. The environment was in such bad shape. Mercury, lead, all types of carcinogens were so easily seen throughout our ecology, our environment, that you know even the, the rivers and the lakes were catching on fire. The fish were dying. We were in constant fear of a nuclear war with the Soviet Union. I mean, the world was a mess. Things were so bad, particularly in the United States, and the Americans were so demoralized that there was a Canadian broadcaster, and he made a commentary. I remember this, again, I was a, as a little kid, came out in 1973. It was recorded by Gordon Sinclair. I'm going to play for you what he has to say. And remember, this is in light of the fact that the economy has tanked, the U.S. dollar has fallen to its lowest level, Americans are demoralized with their political leaders, with an unwinnable war in Vietnam, just problem after problem after problem. Let's listen to Mr. Sinclair's response. The United States dollar took another pounding on German, French, and British exchanges this morning, hitting the lowest point ever known in West Germany. It has declined there by 41% since 1971, and this Canadian thinks it's time to speak up for the Americans as the most generous and possibly the least appreciated people in all the world. As long as 60 years ago, when I first started to read newspapers, I read of floods on the Yellow River and the Yangtze. Well, who rushed in with men and money to help? The Americans did, that's who. They have helped control floods on the Nile, the Amazon, the Ganges, and the Niger. Today, the rich bottom land of the Mississippi is underwater, and no foreign land has sent a dollar to help. Germany, Japan, and to a lesser extent, Britain and Italy, were lifted out of the debris of war by the Americans who poured in billions of dollars and forgave other billions in debts. None of those countries is today paying even the interest on its remaining debts to the United States. When the franc was in danger of collapsing in 1956, it was the Americans who propped it up, and their reward was to be insulted and swindled on the streets of Paris. And I was there, I saw that. When uh, distant cities are hit by earthquake, it's the United States that hurries in to help. Managua, Nicaragua is one of the most recent examples. So far this spring, 59 American communities have been flattened by tornadoes. Nobody has helped. The Marshall Plan, the Truman Policy, all pump billions upon billions of dollars into discouraged countries. And now newspapers in those countries are writing about the decadent, war-mongering Americans. Now, I'd like to see just one of those countries that is gloating over the erosion of the United States dollar build its own airplane. Come on now, you, let's hear it. Does any country in the world have a plane 
to equal a Boeing jumbo jet, the Lockheed TriStar, or the Douglas 10? If so, why don't they fly them? Why do all international lines except Russia fly American planes? Why does no other land on Earth even consider putting a man or a woman on the moon? You talk about Japanese technocracy and you get radios. You talk about German technocracy and you get automobiles. You talk about American technocracy and you find men on the moon not once but several times and safely home again. You talk about scandals and the Americans put theirs right in the store window for everybody to look at. Even the draft dodgers are not pursued and hounded. They're right here on our streets in Toronto. Most of them, unless they're breaking Canadian laws, are getting American dollars from Ma and Pa at home to spend up here. When the Americans get out of this bind, as they will, who could blame them if they said to hell with the rest of the world? Let somebody else buy the bonds. Let somebody else build or repair foreign dams or design foreign buildings that won't shake apart in earthquakes. When the railways of France and Germany and India were breaking down through age, it was the Americans who rebuilt them. When the Pennsylvania Railroad and the New York Central went broke, nobody loaned them an old caboose. Both of them are still broke. I can name to you 5,000 times when the Americans raced to the help of other people in trouble. Can you name to me even one time when someone else raced to the Americans in trouble. I don't think there was outside help even during the San Francisco earthquake. Our neighbors have faced it alone, and I'm one Canadian who is damn tired of hearing them kicked around. They'll come out of this thing with their flag high, and when they do, they're entitled to thumb their noses at the lands that are gloating over their present troubles. I hope Canada is not one of these. But there are many smug, self-righteous Canadians. And finally, the American Red Cross was told at its 48th annual meeting in New Orleans this morning that it was broke. This year's disaster, with the year less than half over, has taken it all. And nobody, but nobody, has helped. play Gordon Sinclair's commentary for you just to get a flavor for what things were like and how bad they were in the early 1970s. There was literal major paranoia. The economy was going to collapse. The dollar was going to be worthless. The world was going to be destroyed from environmental contamination. The Russians or the Americans were going to nuke the place uh, to death. The Japanese were going to own all the real estates. I mean, this was on and on. You can change some of those words today. You can substitute the Chinese for the Japanese, or you can substitute nuclear war for terrorism. All kinds of parallels you can draw. What I want to point out, though, is that times are never good. Throughout history, there are problems. But you know what? As you study history, you also learn that throughout times, there are successful men and women. And what you have to decide for yourself is, do you want to be a whiner? Do you want to complain about things? Or do you want to be successful? Let me tell you, the choice is yours. So on this Memorial Day weekend, as you're reflecting on the past, know that your future is up to you. If you want the good times to roll, then you need to start rolling. Don't wait on somebody else to make it happen. Don't wait for somebody to get in the White House that's going to help you. Don't wait for your boss to give you a raise. 
Don't wait for the stock market to turn around. Don't wait for interest rates to go up. You need to make things roll yourself.